the Gospel of John, chapter 17, beginning at verse 20. Jesus said, My prayer is not for those whom you gave me out of the world alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Let me pray for us as we continue in God's words. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have heard your prayer and that it was a prayer for us here today. And we ask that as we think about what you prayed, as we think about reaching our community, you would be working in us so that your prayer may be answered in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as Andrew said, we're beginning today our series of welcome talks, just outlining what it is at St. Andrew's that drives us as a church, the things that are key for us. And our vision as a church puts it very simply We want to see people in North Oxford and beyond in life-changing relationships with Jesus Christ and with one another. In short, we want to reach our community. Now, there are lots of ways we could go with this. We could look at practical ways in which, as a church, we can reach our community. We could perhaps look at uh, the strategies of Jesus or the apostles in how they reached people. We could look at our community and analyze it and see what the needs are. And all of those things would be useful and uh, important for us to do. Some of those things we've been able to do already as a church. But to reach our community, we first need uh, a stable place to stand in order to reach. It's no use putting up a ladder to climb up unless both feet are firmly placed on the ground. 
So what I want to do as we listen to Jesus' prayer is look at two foundational needs uh, that we need as a church in order to enable us to reach our community. Uh, And the first one is this. Uh, The first need that we have as a church is to know Jesus. We need to have a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ ourselves. Listen to what Jesus prayed for us. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Uh, One summer, I applied for a job selling life membership to a museum in Basingstoke. Uh, There were four of us. (laughs) They laughed at the 9.30 as well. Uh, Apparently, it's a very good museum in Basingstoke. Um, There were four of us that applied for the jobs, um, and only uh, three jobs were available. So um, we went to the museum, and they showed us around and uh, asking kind of all the standard questions. Um, And at the end uh, came the moment that I have now come to dread for the rest of my life. Um, In every interview, it ends with the, uh, do you have anything that you would like to ask us question? I went round the the circle and my brother, who was one of the other applicants, asked a question and uh, a girl asked a question, the other guy asked a question and they, do you have anything to ask us? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I, I don't. Uh, I didn't get the job, um, my brother did. (laughs) You see, they were looking for people who were interested in the museum to sell life membership to others. If you don't don't have an interest and a love for it, how can you interest others in it yourself? And for us as a church, we need that life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ if we're going to offer it to other people. If, If we don't have it, why would they be interested And that may seem like an obvious point. It may seem obvious that that we need to know and love Jesus in order for others to know and love him. But it's possible that other concerns can take that place. It's possible that that we can be members of a church because it's a, a respected thing in the community. It's possible that we can be members of a church because... Uh, It's part of the good life, part of what it means to be a good person. Perhaps to experience some kind of religious awe that is separate from Jesus Christ. There may be any number of otherwise good things. But we have to keep at the center. We have to keep at the center our overriding concern that we know and love Jesus Christ so that others can have a life-changing relationship with him. And in order to offer that life-changing relationship, we need also to be united with the apostles in their message. Listen again to what Jesus prayed. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them, all of them, that's the disciples who were there with him at that moment, and us here now, and everyone who has followed Jesus throughout history, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. People will come to a life-changing relationship with Jesus by hearing and believing the message about Jesus Christ. We, we mustn't assume again 
that, that, okay, we've got that, yes, we'll move on to other things. There was a church in Revelation that Jesus spoke to, the church in Ephesus, and he says to them, you've lost your first love. You've, you've gone on to other things, and those things may have been good, but you've lost that first love. Jesus and the message about him had, had moved from the center of their love and their life. And we need, as a church, to have the message about Jesus Christ, again, at the center in our, in our sermons here on a Sunday, in, a, in the children's groups, in our house groups, in, in any of the ministries that we run. The message of Jesus Christ and his person and his love must stand at the center of all that we do. We need to know Jesus, the first solid place to stand. But there's a second need, and it's just as important, because, again, if the ladder has one foot firmly on the ground and the other not, it's going to fall over. We need both of these. So let's hear Jesus again. May they, that is, all of those who will believe, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. We mustn't just know Jesus and the message about him. We must show Jesus and the message about him. You see, the message about Jesus Christ is is a message of God's remarkable love given to people in him. And so, do people see that love when they look at us relating to each other? It's a message of God's astonishing forgiveness extended to everyone. Is that forgiveness seen in how we relate to each other, particularly when we've wronged each other? It's a message of of the grace of God, not just for, for certain people who do certain things or who live in certain places, but the grace of God for everyone, everywhere, in all times. People need to see that as they see us. In order to to reach our community, we need to be a community, a community of spiritually transformed people. Now that's both easy and hard. Um, It's easy because God has prayed that it will happen. Jesus was praying here and, and God is committed to answering that prayer. But it's hard because there are so many things, perhaps obvious, perhaps not so obvious, which can get in the way. Our our preferences as to how things are done can subtly become our requirements as to how things are done. Our, Our desire to be united as a church can shift over time into a demand that people conform to how we are, how we do things. Listen to the following story I read this week. A pastor called Chuck Smith was working in a small church on the coast of California in the late 1960s. And amazingly, teenage kids in the area were beginning to be saved. They were beginning to uh, know Jesus and love him and beginning to come into the church. And they would come straight from the beach. But the problem was that all over the beach were these little um, globs of oil that would come up and they would get stuck to their feet and they would just come in um, barefoot as they were. They had no idea as to what was right or wrong in church. And they, they would just come in and the oil was getting all over the carpets and all over their chairs. Everything was being ruined, it seemed. And so one Sunday morning, Chuck Smith, the pastor, was coming to the church 
and he, had, uh, he saw a sign that had been put up outside. Shirts and shoes, please. What would we do? What would you do if it was our Jubilee building rather than a church in California? What if, what if that was getting messed up because people were coming in who didn't know how to react otherwise, didn't know how to behave otherwise in church, and they were coming because they wanted to hear about Jesus? What if the sign went up outside? You need to behave in this way, please. You need to act in this way. What would you do? This is what Chuck Smith did. He took it down. After the service, he met with his church leaders, and they talked it through. They agreed that they would remove the new carpets and pews before they would hinder one person from coming to hear about Jesus Christ. And that decision led to this. They were holding five services a week, standing room only. The breakthrough came, it says, when they humbled themselves and chose to care only about what God cares about and nothing else. We need to know Jesus. We need to show Jesus. But there's one perhaps big question that we haven't really answered yet, and that's what is our community? Our vision as a church says North Oxford and beyond. And when we see what Jesus prayed for, we see what beyond means. Beyond means the world. There are no other limits. That is what he prayed for. As John Wesley said, the world is my parish. That is who he wanted to reach, and that is our community. It's not just the people like us or the people that we like. It's, it's not just the people that we could conceivably imagine sharing Jesus with or who we think this, they might be a, a good person to come to church. It's the people we couldn't even imagine ever darkening the doors of church. Uh, our vision to, to reach our community may mean that for some of us, we're in Oxford for the rest of our lives, committed to knowing the people around us so that they can know Jesus Christ. For others, uh, as it has been for many of our mission partners, it may mean going out to any number of other countries so that people can know Jesus Christ and come into a life-changing relationship with him. And people desperately need this. They desperately need a community that knows Jesus and shows Jesus. There was a survey earlier this year of a thousand people which showed that in the UK, a quarter hide from their neighbours to avoid small talk. 14% deliberately moved to an area where neighbours were more inclined to keep to themselves. And another 14% say they hide behind the fence to avoid other people. Uh, An earlier survey from a few more years ago in the Sunday Times said that 33% of Britons are not on speaking terms with their neighbours. We we live in a a community that desperately needs a community... (laughs) a spiritually transformed community of people who know and show Jesus Christ. And for that to happen, it requires time and it requires consistency. But, but in an amazing way, those, those statistics actually show us that it's very easy because all you need to do to be different is to talk to your neighbor and to know what their name is. That's, that's an easy place to start and then to go from there. Just caring about the people immediately around us will mark us out as a bit odd, perhaps, to start off with, but actually as people who are different, as people who care, as people who have the love and forgiveness of Jesus working in us. 
It's the, it's the church that has the answer to people's needs for true community. It's the church that is the only place that can reach a community. It's all summed up by uh, Ray Ortland, another pastor in the States, one of my living heroes, in his book, How the Church Portrays the Beauty of Christ. He writes this, How wonderful it is to come every Sunday into a liberating church. All week long we swim in an ocean of judgment and negative scrutiny. We constantly have to comply with the demands of a touchy world, and we never measure up. Then on Sunday, we walk into a new kind of community where we discover an environment of grace in Christ alone. It is so refreshing. Sinners like us can breathe again. It's as if God simply changes everyone's topic of conversation from what's wrong with us, which is plenty, to what is right with Christ, which is endless. He replaces our negativity, finger-pointing, and self-attack with the good news of his grace for the undeserving. Who couldn't come alive in a community which inhales that heavenly atmosphere? A community that knows Jesus and shows Jesus and it makes people come alive. May God enable us as a church to fulfill our desire and our vision to reach our community with the life-changing news of Jesus Christ. Amen.